Welcome to the Doggy Dan Podcast Show, helping you unleash the greatness within your dog. Hello and welcome everybody to another Doggy Dan Podcast and today... This is almost becoming my tagline today. I am so excited and it's genuine. It's true because I have a wonderful lady with me named Carol Novello, who is the founder of Mutual Rescue. She's also the author of the book Mutual Rescue, which is all about adopting homeless animals and how they can save you too. Um, Mutual Rescue is a national initiative in the USA that highlights the connection between people and pets in order to inspire and support life-saving efforts in communities across the nation and the world. Mutual Rescue's first short film, which was called Eric and Petey, went viral around the globe. It's been viewed more than 100 million times. And this is where it gets fascinating. Carol is a former senior software executive, and um, she actually graduated with an MBA from Harvard Business School. So you're probably thinking, how did she end up crossing from where she was to where she is now? Carol, it is wonderful to have you with us. Well, thank you so much. It's a delight to be here. So Carol, since, you know, getting to know you and finding out more about Mutual Rescue, you know, I've been watching the videos and I'm, I'm right on board. I'm right behind what you're doing. And uh, anybody who knows me knows I love animals and I know they know that I love people who are coming from the heart and, and wanting to help. So Tell us more about Mutual Rescue. It just looks like the most wonderful uh, operation that you're uh, involved with. How did it all begin and where is it going? Yeah, well, thank you for the opportunity to share with your listeners. Mutual Rescue came about because I used to be in high tech. I was a senior executive at a software company, and I ended up transitioning into animal welfare, which was a pretty unusual thing to do. And when I did that, people would say to me, why are you helping animals when you could be helping people? And I thought that was rather unusual, yeah. especially because I knew how much animals had supported me in my life. And then when I became president of Humane Society Silicon Valley, people were asking me that question. And I was seeing what was happening when our adopters were bringing animals into their families. And I thought, you know, wow, we've really we really need to change the conversation. We need to make this obvious for people that when you are giving time or money or caring about animal causes, it is not at the expense of human causes. In fact, animals can help be part of the solution. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It was that, uh, it was that challenge or of people asking me that question that made me think about there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I started doing a presentation out in the community. It was called Why Helping Animals Helps People. And I was telling stories of our adopters. And um, one thing led to another, and I was introduced to a guy who used to be the producer of the Tech Awards in Silicon Valley, and he wanted to do something with animals. His name was David Whitman. And he actually coined the phrase mutual rescue, and he suggested that we start doing short films to really bring this, this magic of the, of the experience of being transformed by an animal, uh, bring that to life, make it really visceral for folks. And so that led to the creation of our first call for stories and our first short film, which was Eric and Petey, uh, the film that you just mentioned. Brilliant. I must say, it, it, it does make me smile when I... Um... 
when I hear the the president of the Humane Society of Silicon Valley, it's kind of it's, it's probably kind of rolls off your tongue, but for me, it's it's this bizarre thing in my mind. Silicon Valley is just buildings of you know high tech companies, and you don't think of dogs, but of course, even people, you know, I say even, but people who are in that you know very business like space of Silicon Valley still love dogs, and so there's still rescue centers in Silicon Valley. It's uh, it's a fascinating concept for me to be honest. Well, it's interesting on on a couple levels. I think honestly, for people that are involved in really high stress work, yes, that having animals in your life is one of the things that can ground you, yes, and really kind of keep you connected to life and not let you get overly consumed by, you know, things that that ultimately can take you away from from your sense of self, your sense of humanity, your connection to life. So totally. I think that's one thing. Yeah. And the other component of it as well is that that same spirit of innovation that exists in Silicon Valley is something for me that was really important to bring to animal welfare. And one of the things that Humane Society Silicon Valley accomplished uh, through my leadership when I was there was we became the world's first model shelter. We became the first shelter to ever implement the standards put forth by the Association of Shelter Veterinarians. So there's actually innovation to be done in animal welfare, just like there's innovation that can happen in almost any field. So it's a really unique marriage, I think, of caring about animals, caring about people, driving innovation to help create new results that benefit both people's people and animals. Beautiful. And I, I totally get you about the grounding. I uh, The grounding that dogs give us. I often look at the dogs in the White House and think of all the presidents who've had dogs. And I sometimes wonder, will there ever be a president who, who doesn't actually like dogs and says, I'm not going to have a dog. But I don't think there will, because like you say, it's it's more than liking them. You know, they just ground us. And um, yeah, it, it kind of always tickles me when I think about how, you know, most humans are not allowed anywhere in the White House, but these little dogs... They ch- they probably run around, and I wonder which ones are allowed in the Oval Office, and uh, yeah, which <laughs> fascinating, and yeah, and you you touched on about helping animals versus helping people, and that's so fascinating because we often think, are we giving or taking? Yeah, and and of course the thing is with when it comes to love, you know, being able to give when you're truly coming from that place of love. And you're giving. It's like when you give a present to your children or you give your dog a bone. You are actually receiving when you're able to give. Yeah. And so that's I totally get you when you say, you know, we need to change the mindset of are we rescuing the dogs or are they rescuing us? Because it does go both ways. Would you say? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think in so many different human conditions, the the lack of connection can be something that creates part of the problem. And by welcoming a, an animal into your life, whether it's a dog or a cat, or, you know, I have examples in the book of, of pigs and, and you know, horses and donkeys, you know, any kind of connection we have with another living being can help us connect back into our own humanity, give us a better sense of self. And one of the, the, I mean, there's a variety of human conditions that I talk about in the book, but one of the things I found most interesting in, in doing the research was learning that there's a, there's more and more research that's showing that addiction is actually a disorder based on a, a lack of connection. Yes. And that essentially you're trying to establish connection through the addiction. 
And uh, there's a great, uh, one of our, our films we released after Eric and Petey was called Sarah and Domino. And it was about a young woman who struggled with a heroin addiction and basically overcame it because she adopted um, a neglected dog and it gave her purpose. It gave her a reason to, to clean herself up and stay clean so she could be there for this animal and helped her see that it was important to take care of herself. And it really was because she established this connection with this animal that she might otherwise not might otherwise not have had. Totally. You know, the last few days I've been uh, just watching more and more stuff on uh, the Mutual Rescue website. And I, I came across the Eric and Petey video. And uh, for those of you who want to watch it, I'll put all the links on my website and we'll give you the website of Mutual Rescue. Um, it's mutualrescue.org, but we'll we'll go through all these websites again so you can find and watch these videos because they're absolutely beautiful, high quality, they're fantastic. And, um, and you know, I was just cracked up laughing because this dear man, I don't want to spoil it too much, but this dear man who was obese and dying because he was so obese, basically goes into the rescue center and says, I'm looking for a middle-aged obese dog. Yeah, so they'd have something in common. <laughs> exactly. I just thought, oh, that's so cool. You know, he wanted to get fit and healthy and live. And he said, that's, that's my dog, that one there. Yeah. And talk about connection. So beautiful. Yeah, they did it. They did it together. Can you give us an example? I'm thinking of the one that we chatted about off air just before we pressed start recording this show about um, some an example of the sort of stories, because um, it's not just dogs, there's cats as well. And you shared one, which I just thought it'd be beautiful to share that one to give people an idea of what the book is about and what the short films are about and what we're talking about here when we talk about these stories of connection. Yes. So the films are, are wonderful because they tell the heart piece of the story. They're all about the transformation of both the, the animal and the human and, and that interaction. And then the book not only tells stories, which is the human connection, it also brings in the science. So the book is both head and heart, which I thought, which I think is really critical because a lot of times you think, oh, that's just one story or that's just my reaction to something. But then to have the science support what is actually going on with an individual and be able to extrapolate that and say, it's not just a one-off thing. It's actually very real and very, very visceral um, in, a, in a way that multiple people can experience because it's, it's, it's known and it's factual and and that helps i think reinforce um the power of the stories yeah but the 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 way the the book is organized is it's broken into four sections heart body mind and connection and in each of those sections there's specific chapters that talks about a particular aspect of of humanity's woes and uh some of the films are talked about in the book but the book contains uh, a lot more stories beyond you know what what is uh what we've done films for but the the film you and i were talking about earlier was josh and scout uh, which is actually a story about a cat and josh um was a uh overseas serving in the military and he suffered uh, a traumatic brain injury and it, it created a great deal of problems for him. He came back to the States and at one point it had gotten so bad that he was contemplating suicide and he actually had written his goodbye letter, went out to the back of the barracks and was smoking what he thought was going to be his last cigarette. And this cat crawled out from under a bush 
uh, and came up to him and he just broke down. And it was that connection with that animal in that moment that really caused him to, to jolt him out of himself. And he decided he wanted to live and, and take care of that cat. And there's some twists and turns in terms of how they ultimately end up together. But what I love, one of the things that I love about our films is reading all the comments that, that people write. And, uh, you know, you were commenting to me earlier, gosh, you know, hate to admit it, but I did tear up a little bit. And, and I always love it when, you know, someone who might not otherwise, uh, you know, cry or be susceptible to crying, it admits that these films really, uh, really moved them. And there was one particular comment about Josh and Scout this guy said, I consider myself to be a brick. Gosh, darn it, Scout, you made me cry. Yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some good films, you know, if you want to be moved, if, you, if you're thinking, what should I do this evening? I don't want to watch some more. I don't want to watch Netflix and I don't want to watch some, you know, rubbishy show. I want to watch something moving and inspirational and thought-provoking. Then, uh, yeah, the, the videos on mutualrescue.org are absolutely fantastic. And they're, they're very short. You know, some of them are five, ten minutes long. So you can watch a whole one and just you come away feeling really good and inspired. And it's beautiful. Um, now, one thing, Carol, you mentioned earlier about how it's not just one story. There's science behind it. Can you tell us a little bit about that when you say there's science behind it? Behind what? Because, I mean, I know what you're talking about. I love this this angle that, you know, more and more we're able to actually measure what's going on in the yeah with regard to the connection between humans and animals. And Yeah. Well, one of the most interesting thing is some of the studies about what is happening physiologically in not only our bodies, but also they've done this with dogs as well. Um, the feel-good biochemicals that are released through, mm. through interacting with an animal, so prolactin, serotonin, oxytocin, uh, those chemicals are being released when you're when you're you're petting your animal, yeah. and they flood they flood your system. It makes you feel better, makes you feel good. And what's really exciting is that the science uh, has been done that shows, uh, at least for dogs, I I think it's true for cats, but I don't think they've done that research yet that basically dogs are having a similar reaction. So they're experiencing that feeling of, of love as well. Oh, brilliant. So it really is mutual, which is really cool. Yeah. And and in a way, you can just see it. You don't have to be a scientist to figure, to, you know. Yeah, I know, right? My lovely mother-in-law um, lives in a property next to us, and she's got a, a little white staffy dog, and she's called Bonnie. She's the bonniest little thing. <laughs> And um, she was actually called Boo Boo, <laughs> but we couldn't say Boo Boo in a nice way. So we called Bonnie, Bonnie. And um, but she kept running down from up the top. And I got three dogs and she kind of runs around the three dogs. And then she just throws herself on her back in front of me. <laughs> Sickle, my little pink tummy. It's, oh, indeed, you know, yeah. yeah. It's just, and you can feel the love, you know, and it's two-way. It's, it's, it's beautiful, so. Can you, you know, you've got, I think you've got a whole load of programs. If I, if I, if I'm thinking about it, you've got a lot, you're doing a lot of stuff, mobilizing people around the world. Um, yeah, there's three elements. Uh, basically what ended up happening is with the success of the films, we really realized that we were onto something and that led to the opportunity to write and, and get a book published. And in concert with all that, you know, we said we're, people are having such a strong you know, emotional reaction to the work that we're doing, we need to leverage that. And, mm. and we want people to take action with that. How, how can we do more with the energy and the emotion that we're creating? So, um, so we basically decided we wanted to build mutual rescue into a new 
uh, animal welfare brand. And uh, there's basically three pillars to the brand. <clears throat> and one is what we've been talking about, which is authentic storytelling and great content. Um, the second pillar is actually about engagement. And it's about finding ways to connect people to get engaged at the local level um, with animals and rescue groups and things that help improve the lives of animals and humans. So pre-pandemic, um, we collaborated with a number of shelters in the US to put together a toolkit um, to create a doggy day out program, which essentially lets the general public come in and take an animal uh, or dog specifically out for the afternoon for a field trip. I love it. So it's great for the, the person. They get exercise and some fresh air and some interaction with the dog. The dog gets a break from the shelter, gets an opportunity to, to have some change of scenery. Um, you know, it's a win-win. And what's really exciting is those animals get adopted more quickly. Yes. Gotcha. Why is that? Just because they're more well-rounded and they get viewed by more people? and They get viewed by more people. They get more exposure. Yeah. So one of the things that, that's really cool about it is that somebody might take a dog out for an afternoon and they may not be in a position to adopt an animal at that moment in time. They may yes. feel that they work too much or travel too yeah. much or whatever, but they can take an afternoon. But they've now created a connection with this animal and they go, gosh, if I can't adopt this animal, I sure hope somebody else will. Mm. So they take their photos, they start posting it on social media, and that helps give broader exposure to the animal. And um, so it's great to see the impact that the program has been having. So as I said, we collaborated with shelters all across the country to put this toolkit together. Uh, and then we've been helping other shelters uh, that didn't have the program get it implemented. So if you go to mutualrescue.org, you can check out uh, the directory of shelters that have this program. It's listed by state. And then if you're a shelter that's interested in starting a program, you can download the toolkit that will help you get started faster. So it's, you know, in the United States, it's a bit on hold right now because of the pandemic. Um, so we're actually right now looking at piloting uh, a new program. So we don't, uh, until we know for sure that it's going to launch full scale, we'll keep that under wraps. Yep. But we are working on some, some new stuff that would benefit, again, both people and animals. And then the third thing is bringing in corporate sponsors. So because Mutual Rescue has, you know, national, if not international appeal, our films have been viewed in so many uh, countries across the world. And uh, the Mutual Rescue book has been re released in Italian and in German. So it really is an international phenomena. And uh, we are providing a way for corporations that want to tap into this energy and love of animals to have a broad message and then use those funds and get them distributed at the local level. So it's a national message, but it has the ability to impact the local level versus any one local organization wouldn't be able to go to a large corporation because they don't have a big enough geographic footprint. So it's very exciting. We just finished, uh, we just received a, a lovely donation from Dutch Bros Coffee, which is a regional chain on the West Coast in the US. And that enabled us to give 10, $10,000 gifts to local shelters that are in uh, the operating area of Dutch Bros Coffee. So we're excited that that's getting off the ground as well. Wow. Brilliant. So anybody who's kind of running a rescue and thinking I could do with a bit of support, a bit of a framework, some ideas, just connect and, and get some sort of assistance, be worth them, well worth them checking out mutualrescue.org. Is that right? Yeah, especially if you're interested in doing a doggy day out program, yeah. that toolkit is there. 
And you can also just sign up uh, on our email list. And as we have other programs where we're collaborating and putting together toolkits or resources, uh, you know, it just helps us know who you are. And then that way uh, we can um, get you involved as we continue to move forward. Brilliant. The other thing that we, we do is we make our films available to uh, groups that are interested in, in fundraising offline for animal welfare. So if you're a shelter and doing an event uh, and you want to show one of our films, you can reach out to us and uh, we can help you with that as well. Wonderful. And I guess if you don't, uh, if you're not involved at a rescue center or not, you don't own one or own or run, whatever the word is, then you could always approach a rescue center and say, Hey, you know, have you ever thought uh, you may be working at one or something? You just recommend that they maybe have a look at the mutual rescue ideas and, and, uh, and how they could assist. So. Yeah, absolutely. So folks can, uh, again, go to mutualrescue.org and uh, see all the films, learn more about our programs, learn more about sponsorship, learn more about the book. And the book is uh, available wherever books are sold and uh, easy to find on an independent book site or Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you buy books. So I, I've been wanting to ask you this uh, for a while, Carol. Can you tell us about well, what's your favorite movie or story? I love stories. So when it comes to, can you make it a dog one? Have you got a favorite or maybe you don't have one? Oh my gosh. I, they're all my favorites that would, it, it wouldn't be fair for me to, to pull one out uh, and, and say I have a favorite because honestly, they're, they're so amazing. But what I will do is yeah, yeah. tell us one. Tell us I, one. I will, yeah. I will share our, uh, uh, a story that's actually not in the book, but okay. you can go to the website and, and you can v view the short film uh, Mike and Abby is a wonderful story. Uh, have you seen that film yet? Just out of curiosity. No, no, no. Oh, I don't want to ruin it for you. Um, no, go on. I'll still watch uh, it. Mike and Abby. Yeah, yeah. So Mike um, had gone through a series of misfortunes. He'd lost his job. His fiance broke up with him. He lost his, uh, he couldn't make the mortgage payments on his house. So he had this triple whammy. His life basically fell apart. So he was super depressed and really not pulling out of it. And his friends were just kind of encouraging him to, you know, you know, go, go look at adopting a dog. And so he uh, actually came to the Society of Silicon Valley looking for a dog and saw Abby and she had her own horrible story. She and her uh, litter mate had been thrown out of a window on a busy highway and uh, fortunately, somebody, a good Samaritan had, had seen that and stopped and spent an hour trying to coach these two dogs into her car. Oh. They were petrified and um, brought them to Silicon Valley. So Abby, her sister actually got adopted relatively quickly, but Abby was basically shut down. I mean, oh. she had been so traumatized by the experience. And Mike saw her and was like, that's me. I mean, he just, he saw himself in Abby and, uh, and the first year, you know, he really spent a lot of time working with her, you know, helping her overcome her fears, learning to trust him. And, uh, slowly they just became this team and started working together. And one day they were, uh, out on the beach together and they'd gone swimming and Abby followed him everywhere. So if he's swimming, she's going to be swimming with him. And he was getting a little worried that she might be a little bit tired. And so he just said to this random surfer dude, like, hey, you know, could my dog like rest on your surfboard? He's like, yeah, sure, man, no problem, whatever. 
And uh, next thing you know, this wave like comes up and rather than getting freaked out, like Abby, like, like stood up on the board, like I'm ready to go. And so Mike like pushed her on the surfboard and she rode it all the way into shore, like hopped off and like, oh my God, that was so fun. Like, let's do it again. Wow. And uh, so long and short of it is they started entering dog surfing competitions and Abby just started winning them all. And she holds the, the Guinness Book of World Records for the dog that surfed the longest wave. And um, I mean, completely changed their lives. Uh, you know, Mike now travels the world um, doing uh, sporting events uh, with Abby, although Abby is getting a lot older now. So it's going to be a, a sad day, but uh, just an amazing, amazing dog. And an amazing, amazing story about how uh, Abby and Mike were transformed together uh, and the mutuality of that experience. So it's a great story. It's a great film. And uh, just recommend you, you go to mutualrescue.org and check it out. Oh, sounds fantastic. I wonder whether I've seen the, the dog catching that wave because I watched a video of a dog catching a wave. And it is unreal how far this dog goes. It, it, the way... <laughs> The wave almost peters out. It's like it catches this wave and it levels out. And most of, I think there's people on the wave on surfboards as well. And they're too heavy and they kind of drop off the back of the wave. But this dog who's on the board balances it and keeps going. And then the wave starts up again and the dog catches it all the way in. It's insane. And you can see the yeah. dog loving it. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really fun and, and really inspiring. I mean, not, not all dogs want to surf. Not all dogs love water, but those that do, uh, you know, oh. it's super fun and, and dog surfing competitions have popped up all over the place. And, uh, mm. you know, I think one of the other things that I love about that story is it just shows you we all deserve our own second chances. Oh, yeah. And that's what I find so inspirational is that these animals show so much resilience and, and overcome things that quite honestly, it's like, wow, I'm not sure I could overcome that kind of trauma and yet, yet they do, and they go on to not only survive, but to really flourish. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got so many thoughts going through my brain. I mean, you touched on, you know, you touched on how not all dogs want to surf, and it's it, my brain went, yeah, not all people want to surf, and right, yeah, exactly, right. Some people love it, and and then my brain went into this thing of, you know, I, I, you know, dogs and people, we have so much in common, and then my brain went into this thing of, I just want to put it here, but I want to put it out here. I know we are different because this is what I teach, that there is some important differences when it comes to dog training that we have to understand. If we get that stuff wrong, yep. you know, that I'm not saying dogs are humans and we're exactly the same, but there's some very important things, especially around energy, which is almost the same. And, um, and that's when it then opens up into, you know, we all deserve a second chance and we can you know, we can spot similarities in a dog. You know, I'm thinking of uh, Eric and uh, PD, how, you know, Eric was overweight and he recognized that this was a dog who was overweight and they got on like a house on fire and yeah, so many similarities. But you, you bring up a really important point though, which is I think, you know, people need to understand that dogs just, just like each human is an individual and has individual needs mm -hmm. and, and ways of, of interacting and approaching the same is true with dogs. Mm. And, and we, you know, we have to respect our differences, whether they're between people or between animals and, and work at creating a relationship that is mutually satisfying for both. Yeah. You know, what, what's really funny 
is you know i we we run what we call a men's circle it's just a group of guys who come together and we share and uh and we, we talk about you know how we can be become better men and and um and we often and, and last night we actually we we talked about you know the gut and the heart and the mind yeah those three places and how we can connect all those up as men, you know, our gut instinct that when we go into our gut instinct, that's our whole body is feeling, you know, you might walk somewhere and feel something which makes you go, Ooh, what? I don't feel good about this. That's your gut. Yeah. And then your body, you know, the heart, um, the heart is where, you know, are you, are you choosing to come into a place of love? And then the mind is obviously that part, which is thinking and trying to figure it out in the head and, and um, it's just fascinating. We were working on that, looking at that last night, and here we are talking about it this morning, heart, body, mind of the dog and the connection with humans. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I think that animals can, can help us uh, tune in to each of those aspects of ourselves, which helps us become better at integrating them within our own, our own selves. Mm. I mean, I, I think you're right. A lot, often I think our minds get in the way, you know, the, uh-huh. Yeah, human mind gets so in the way, and the dogs go, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, I um, I'm actually on a TV show in here in New Zealand called Dog Almighty, and um, it's kind of, you know, a lot of different people are bringing people owners bring their dogs to compete to try and find out the greatest dog in New Zealand. Uh. It's, it's all about being an all rounder, and one of the dogs is called Maisie, and she only has three legs. Yeah. And of course, you see her at the start, and they've got to do these things, jumping and running and crossing, you know, bridges over water on little planks. And you kind of think, well, she ain't going to be able to do that. Oh, 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 you're dead wrong. She does it. <laughs> and then there's one way you've got to kind of pull the door open with um, using a rope to get through these four doors. It's like a maze. You're stuck in this maze. You've got to pull the door open with your teeth. Well, you, of course, the only way to pull it open is to use the front leg and push backwards to pull back. You think, well, she won't be able to do that. Uh-uh, you're wrong. She can do that. Yeah. And she keeps – and then you have to – there's a sled one where you have to pull the sled, and you're pulling your own body weight. So the dogs are all, you know, the 50-pound dogs have to pull 50 pounds. Well, you think, well, Maisie's only got three legs. How is she going to push? She does it. She does great. Isn't that inspiring? It's just inspiring. It is so inspiring because you literally think, well, hang on. If this dog is saying, don't tell me I can't do it just because I'm, you know, got three legs. How many places in my life do I go, oh, I can't do this and we give up? I know, right? That That's, I think, one of the things I find most amazing is that they show such resilience mm. and, and an ability to adapt. And that is downright inspirational and something that I think every human can use in one form or another. Totally. I think that is probably a word that we we don't often put down to our dogs, but they are inspiring. They inspire us in so many ways that we don't often, you know, just the way they get out of bed every morning and do a stretch and go, oh, it's good to be alive. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Oh, some more food. Gosh, yeah. I've eaten. I, I ate yesterday and I'm eating today. Gosh, two days in a row. This is wonderful. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. There's the, a phrase and it's it's oft used, but you know, quite honestly, it couldn't be more true. It's like, I want to become the person that my dog thinks I am. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. I was watching um, the video. There's a beautiful video, for those of you who don't know, of Kima. It's called Kima and her pack. Yeah. And um, I just, I don't know why this is coming to me, but it's just the the bit where I don't want to spoil it, but she walks into the doggy daycare and the big rotty comes up to her. 
Yeah. Puts his uh, paws on her and looks her right in the eye. I think what it is, is is that moment where the dog puts his paws on her shoulders and looks her dead in the eye. And that's the bit where, as a man who's done quite a bit of work becoming a better man, I know that to be able to look in another man's eyes and, 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 and what you can read when you know what you're looking for, you know, it's the, it's, they call it the window to the soul. Well, I think that one of the reasons that was so transformative for Kima is I think it's the first time she had truly been seen. Yes. Yes. And that's why it was so transformative. And the dog basically gave her the um, tick of approval. He went, yeah, you're a good, you're a good soul. You're a good soul. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. I see. I see you. That's an avatar. I see you. I see you. That's an avatar. Yeah. They say that. So, wow. So, any any other things you'd like to to put out there for people who are interested? I know we've touched on, uh, you know, the, the doggy day out volunteers. Is there any um, any other stuff you'd like to mention? Just want to just want to encourage people to if they uh, have room in their in their house in their life to think about adopting a homeless animal mm. uh, going to your local shelter or a rescue uh, and even if you know you don't feel like you're at a, at a point in your life right now that you can make a permanent commitment because adopting is about making a, a commitment to the life of the animal a lot of shelters and rescue groups are, are need in fosters need foster parents and that is a great way uh, that you can help the cause and you can help an animal without necessarily having to make a, a lifetime commitment. And so just encourage people to do that. And you can go to mutualrescue.org and there's a, a tab there where you can search for shelters that might be in your area, uh, at least in the United States. And, um, and then just check out the book, check out the films. And uh, if you've already got an animal in your home, just give them an extra big, big hug tonight and remember how lucky you are to have them. And because mm. they sure are feeling lucky to be with you. And and something which is coming to to me is sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of two men that I know of who have never owned a dog before. One was my mortgage broker and one was a good <laughs> friend who um, he sells uh, hair, hairdressing salon products. And neither of them really knew anything about dogs. I think they'd be happy for me to say that. And they were a bit uncertain about getting them because they weren't really connected to animals or dogs or that sort of stuff. And, you know, my dear mortgage broker, he just literally, every time I speak to him, he says, it was the greatest decision of my life. Yeah. This dog loves me. Yeah. She sits under the desk when I'm doing my work. She follows me in the car. She sits in the car. She apps. It's the unconditional love. And that connection, which so many of us are looking for. So where I'm coming from is it may be that there's somebody in your life who's never owned a dog, doesn't think they're a dog person, but actually they just don't realize it. You know, my mate who lives in L.A. who, you know, had never had a dog, he literally texted me every day for two weeks when he first got his puppy saying, this thing adores me. <laughs> This thing adores me, Dan. I'm telling you, this this little puppy, she loves me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And now he's saying, I don't know how I existed in life. I can't believe I never had a dog for 40, 40 years. Yeah. There's something really, really special for people, I think, that have not been around animals and then they have the opportunity mm. to experience it. And I, I write about it this actually in my book. And 
Um, I guess my father had been around animals, but he, he pretty much said that he, you know, didn't like animals and didn't specifically like cats. Yes. And, and he used to say to me, you know, don't kiss the cats. Cats have germs. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, that was his whole thing. And then we had this cat named Chester that showed up in our lives. And he just decided that my dad was going to be his person. Oh. And Every Friday night, my dad would go upstairs and watch Wall Street Week with Louis Rukeyser, and no one in the family wanted to do that. But Chester did, and he followed my dad upstairs, and he sat in his lap, and he watched Lou Rue with my dad on public television. And one night I walked by, and I did a double take, and I'm like, well, look who's kissing the cat. (laughs) Uh, You know, like I couldn't believe it. And it's like there's something about somebody who's had a – you know, uh, a gruff exterior about animals. And then when that's finally penetrated and they melt, they really do turn into a puddle of goo. And it's, yeah. it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. And and the thing is to reach your life, never having experienced that and felt that, you know, I don't want to make out people have missed out, but I truly think they have. Yeah. If you've never connected with any, it doesn't have to be a dog. It can be a cat or a horse or a, a monkey or whatever, or a pig. But to have never connected with any animal and realized that there is a connection there, that they do feel, like you said, they're feeling the same chemicals and emotions and very similar, anyway, very similar emotions and stuff happening in their bodies. is It's powerful. It's powerful. It absolutely is. And it all comes back in a way to, you know, when we rescue an animal, you know, are we actually rescuing them or who's who's gaining and is is loving about getting or is it about giving it's kind of where we started this conversation and yeah well the uh one of the things i i I close out the book uh by saying you know more often than not i think if you if you asked a rescue animal what they would say to us i think they'd say two things and the first one is thank you and the second one is you're welcome i was gonna say you're welcome yeah couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Oh, I just look at my three dogs or the four dogs that I've had and, you know, all of them, I've given so much to them, but they've also taught me so much and they are so different and they've all taught me something totally different. Yeah. Stretched me in a totally different way. And I know I actually look at my dogs and I go, I look at my dogs now and I, I go, have you fulfilled your goal here on earth? Yeah. And, you know, my first dog, I and mean, we were kind of drifting off topic here, but I'd love just to verbalize this. My first dog was to share the message, be here now and experience love. Mm-hmm. And that was her her goal on earth, I believe, was to, to get that th- message through to me, which she did literally in her last 60 seconds on earth. Aww. And um, I got it. And uh, my my other dog, my other dog called Inca, hers is to become all of who she can be and accept herself for being Inca. Ah, interesting. I can see it. And so it's just, yeah, there's just amazing depth to these animals. And, um, yeah, it's been beautiful. And how how lucky are we that they're part of our lives Mm -hmm. and that they have allowed us to be part of their lives. And and I think that's where the responsibility comes in. you know, it's a commitment to have an animal and you do need to be ready to honor that commitment and care for that animal. And, mm. and, uh, you know, there's a, there's a great line and I think it's in the little prince, which is we are responsible forever for that, which we have tamed. Mm. 
and uh, and we have a responsibility to these animals to take care of them because we have domesticated them. Yeah. And it's take care of not just the physical needs, but I guess part of it, I would love to kind of end on this and maybe leave it to you to finish is, is recognize the emotional ability, skills, needs that they actually have. That if you, if you imagine they have no emotions and you shut that down and believe they don't, well, you won't see anything. But if you choose to believe and have a look and feel, you'll realize they actually have an awful lot more skill and gift in that emotional department for healing as an understanding and reading us. Yeah. And that is the true joy. It, it really is a true joy. And I think that's something for me that just makes me sit back in awe and wonder because it makes you recognize that love isn't something that is unique to humans. It's, it's bigger than that. And so to be able to see that and experience that with an animal mm. really helps you understand the universality of it. And, and that's pretty inspiring and, and pretty, pretty mind blowing. It is. And, and that's where I feel as humans, a lot of humans, we have resistance and barriers and we don't trust, especially strangers. Whereas, you know, your dear dog, you totally trust them in, you know, in that respect that they love you. And, and so you can go real deep and, and just bringing your dog in tonight and sitting down with them and spending some time with them, calming your own heart rate and breathing, giving them a little stroke and a cuddle and then look in their eyes and just feel. Yeah. And for me, it's one of the most beautiful experiences in the world is when I stop and I do nothing but look at my dog and I look. They bring you, yeah, they bring you into the present yeah. moment. I think that's one of the greatest gifts that they give us. Yeah. And I know my dogs kind of look at me and they know that I am thinking of nothing but them. And <laughs> I know that my dog is thinking of nothing but me. It's a mind melt. It is. And so I really encourage you guys do that tonight and you'll be laughing. You'll be going, well, that was like better than any Netflix movie. This was the real deal. I connected. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. I want to just leave with you any where people who want to know more. Let's just go through again the website. It's mutualrescue.org. Um, yeah. Anything else you'd like to say before we finish up? No, just uh, take care of those animals that you've got in your home. And if you're thinking about it, check out uh, mutualrescue.org and see if there might be an animal that uh, you want to adopt and welcome into your family. Lovely. And for those of you who want to get a transcript of this whole podcast and, and want to find some of the um, the, the links of, of stuff I've mentioned, whatever, this, this podcast will be also be under the online dog trainer.com forward slash mutual rescue. So you can go there as well and get hold of everything. Well, it's been a pleasure, Carol. Been really fun. Yes, likewise. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you. Been a lot of fun. All righty, guys. Thank you, Carol. And thank you for listening, guys. You've been listening to another edition of the Doggy Dan podcast show. Thanks so much. Love your dog. And uh, as always, have a great day. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of the Doggy Dan podcast show bringing you one step closer to creating harmony with your dog.